Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm delighted you can be with us today. You know, the close community of afterlife researchers has been maturing wonderfully in the 50 years that I've been a part of it. I began to do what felt to me like serious research, believe it or not, in the late 1960s. But there wasn't much to find. And it wasn't until Dr. Raymond Moody's wonderful book, Life After Life, came out in 1975. And he introduced the concept of near-death experiences, and he even coined the term near-death experiences. It wasn't until then that the floodgates opened. There was a lot being published then, a lot of interest in the afterlife in general, in what happens at and after death. So I spent decades reading just all these new books that came out in the at the end of the 70s and in the 80s, and then I'd read whatever I could find of all the books that they listed in their bibliographies. By the late 80s, I had put together what I thought was a pretty good understanding of what happens at and after death. And the main reason it was really pretty easy to do is the evidence was so abundant and so consistent. And then in the early 90s, I discovered the amazing Robert Monroe. And it was only then that I really understood what I'd been missing. There was a a depth of understanding of how it all fit together that I never got until Bob Monroe's books. Bob Monroe was a fearless and he was a ruthlessly truth-based astral traveler. He was someone who learned at midlife how to leave his body and then he spent the rest of his life pushing and pushing the boundaries, learning more and more about altered states of consciousness and how to travel really everywhere. Um, He spent a lot of time in places that are not material, and he spent a lot of time himself not being material. It's amazing what he learned and what he was able to teach people. His three books that document his explorations and discoveries were literally seminal for me. I could not be doing the work I'm doing today if it hadn't been for him and his books. His books are these. They're Journeys Out of the Body, Far Journeys, and Ultimate Journey. I urge you to read those books and read them in order because, A, they're a lot of fun to read, but but, but B, you'll find out things about how everything fits together that really wouldn't make sense to you otherwise. Bob Monroe established the Monroe Institute in the foothills of Virginia's Blue Ridge Mountains, and he assembled and trained astral travelers that he called his explorers. And they've wrote some books, too, and their books are also fascinating to read. And everything is very consistent with what the dead tell us. It's just that we would never see how it fits together without these books and this work that they did. After his death, his work continues at his that the Monroe Institute, which is in the foothills of Virginia's Blue Ridge Mountains. He established it. I think it was his summer home or something. Then it became his retirement home, and now it's this wonderful, wonderful place where his work carries on. And I'm really excited to be able to introduce to you the 
what we call TMI, the, the Monroe Institute. This is long overdue uh, because it's been very, I think, important in my work, and it's doing essential work now. And it's it's also something which many people listening probably would be interested in exploring further. So um, I'm over. This is overdue. I apologize that we're late in doing this, but today we're going to try to remedy some of that. Our guest today is Dr. Scott Taylor. Scott is the current president and executive director of the Monroe Institute. He's been a trainer for TMI for more than 30 years, so he knew Bob Monroe. What does it mean to be human? And what does it mean to be able to connect with our loved ones who have over and all of the other kinds of experiences that are available to me in the non-physical world? So was this at the same time doing his first uh, group of explorers, some of them who've written books? Bruce Mullen is the one I'm most familiar with. Was this was this the same time he was working uh, working there, working there, yeah. doing, doing all this? It was. I uh, did my gateway in 1983 and, um, and then did that program and came back and did uh, a couple more programs, the guidelines and lifelines, and and it's so um, uh, affected me. It, it profoundly affected me that I decided I needed to be able to share this gift with others, and so I became a, what's known as an outreach trainer, uh, working with people around uh, the state of Minnesota where I lived at the time, and providing weekend workshops to introduce people to uh, the meditations that are the Monroe Institute and to the binaural beat technology, which he invented called HemiSync, that allows us to um, not only enter into these states of awareness, but to hold us there for a long enough period so that we could um, learn how to be in that space and then um, be able to navigate around it and actually have enough time to do some really significant traveling. And so I've been training uh, for them in one capacity or another since uh, 1985. Wow. Well, uh, the, the binaural beat technology, the hemisync, um, is something which I'd like you to explain to people because it's most people aren't familiar with it. But it's being used to help people get into, um, as you say, an altered state of consciousness for in a lot of different fields. Um, we've had Rochelle Wright here, for example, and she uses it or something very similar to it when she helps people to connect in the astral with their um, loved ones who've gone ahead of them. And that works beautifully. She, she's uh, Anyone who's interested, look up Rochelle Wright. We've talked with her a couple of times, I think, or three, um, on Seek Reality. And the work she does is wonderful, and it's very directly connected with this. She uses the same uh, uh principles to get people into an altered state of consciousness so they can have these meetings. But talk about the hemisync and, and how that works. Sure. It's, um, it's based on a really simple principle, which is that if you play a solid tone into one ear, say at 100 hertz, and you play a slightly different tone into the other ear, uh, say 104 hertz, and usually that's delivered with headphones, so they're separated. So you're hearing one ear at 100, the other ear is 104. What the brain does is it tries to equalize those two tones. Well, it can't because they're inherently different. And then the brain does this, this really unusual thing, which is that 
it then sets up a third tone that that moves between the hemispheres that's the difference between the two so in this case it would be four so 100 104 the difference is four and then the brain starts to hear this tone of four and begins to vibrate at that particular frequency which is the frequency of deep sleep in, in this case and what the the genius of Bob Monroe was that he took this old technology it was it was discovered back in the 1880s and what he figured out was that you could layer these binaural beats um, now the brain would hear two it would hear a beat at four and it would hear another beat at 12 hertz uh, which is awake and all of a sudden you have um, as you listen to the tones, you have the state of mind awake and body asleep, which is the the jumping off point that Bob and Roe used um, for all of his early explorations into the uh, non-physical universe. Um, he, he did it by the way of um, out-of-body experiences, but there's lots of ways to experience yes. um, expanded states of awareness. Uh, he he chose that one because it was easy for him, uh, but there's but there's others. But the idea that um, if you're wearing headphones and you're a willing participant, these tones will put you into that state of awareness and they'll hold you there for as long as you want. And usually, when we do exercises, about 40 minutes is is a good amount of time. You could go longer. You can go shorter but it holds you there nicely so you get used to being in the state of awareness and then begin to practice using some of the tools that we give people for how to navigate in that space and and how to um, have questions answered and how to communicate with non-physical entities on and on and so that winds up being um, a really helpful tool this binaural beat technology for uh, entering into and exploring non-physical state. Bruce, I can't remember the name of his book, but Bruce Bowen wrote a, wrote a wonderful book, which um, I remember because he was so fearless in it. He he, he was doing things like um, like journeying out of body to the center of the physical earth to connect something there. I don't remember what he was connecting there, but I thought, oh my goodness. But yet that's quite possible because if he was in non-physical reality, there, that was not a problem at all. Of course that would be possible. So um, I, 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 sort of, I sort of was fascinated with him. And then one day, uh, I don't know, it must have been eight or nine years ago, um, I was giving a presentation at a Unity Church in Florida, and I saw him standing there, and it was like seeing Elvis because I had been, he's, as you know, he's sort of a distinctive, uh, or he, he has passed since, but he's he was had a distinctive look about him, and I went up to him and started talking to him and gushing because I was such a fan, and he thought I was crazy at the time but we we did invite him to be part of some of the work we were doing and give some presentations and one of the things he did was a wonderful workshop on rescuing um, spirits that have gone off track and mm -hmm. I know that's a, a big thing that they've been doing at TMI can you talk a little about that absolutely um, the program that you're referring to we call lifeline 
Yes. And in the, in the Lifeline course, what we do is invite people to um, uh, enter into expanded states of awareness and, and have a non-physical helper, a guide, that comes with us and helps us locate souls that are maybe they're lost or confused or they're, they're tied to the physical world in some way. Uh, maybe they don't even know they're dead. Uh, happens uh, frequently with uh, soldiers or, or people who, who die very quickly. And, and to talk to them and say, um, you know, there's a, there's a place where you can go where you can be with your, your relatives if you like to go there. And, and the challenge in the Lifeline Corps is to be so that they can continue on their journey. Um, it's also, as it turns out, a really interesting way to um, connect with um, pieces of ourselves that maybe we have put aside that um, we haven't um, fully embraced or we left behind because of some sort of uh, change that we had to make within ourselves because maybe our, our job. And um, so it has kind of a dual purpose. Someone is saying, um, for heaven's sake, what is all that about? We left pieces of ourselves behind. So um, I, it would be good if you just said a little bit about that and, and how it happens and and how they would know if it's happened. This is a whole different topic we could spend a whole hour talking about. But please just maybe talk a little bit about that, that we can this, – this rescuing of a part of ourselves that maybe was, was separated. Oh, sure. Um uh, one of the people that I that I worked with here at the institute, his name is Stephen. Um, he's a big guy, and he's about 280 pounds with zero fat. You know, he's really, well. <laughs> really strong. He's really big, and early in his life, he decided that he wanted to have a career in the military, and so he he joined and became members of special forces. And then after he finished his career in the military, he uh, became a member of the police SWAT team. And wow. you, you get kind of the, the drift in his life. But Stephen has a really soft part to him and a place that's very vulnerable. And um, he had to set that, that part of himself aside in order to be a soldier, in order to be a SWAT team member, because he, he couldn't be um, have his radar out there so fully as an empath would. And he had that part of himself, but he had to shut it down and leave it aside so he could be a successful soldier and a successful um, uh, SWAT team member. And it wasn't until you know he came here to the Institute and was reintroduced to him, reintroduced to that part of himself, that he realized that um, he had left it aside, and now he needed to reintegrate that back into himself so he became the fuller Stephen, uh, the one that he was destined to be. So well, how, did that, he, how did he find this piece again? I mean, where had it been? <laughs> um, we do an exercise here where you can, um, because a lot of the, time we spent in expanded states of awareness is outside of time and space. 
Yes. You can actually go to a place, we call it the Council of Self, where you can talk to yourself at various stages in your life. And in his case, um, he was uh, transported into a place where there was a, a circle of Stevens. They were sitting there. And as he entered into the circle, the eight-year-old Stephen walked right up to him and poked him in the chest and wow. said, don't you remember what we used to do? And he was like, what? <laughs> don't you remember what we used to do on Saturday morning? And he was mystified. And of course, the eight-year-old Stephen said, we used to go to the seashore. And when we were at the seashore, we'd fly kites. And that whole morning, we would fly kites with the wind that was coming off of the sea. And we would become one with the sea and the sand. And essentially, this young Stephen, at eight years old, was having a unity experience every Saturday morning. And Stephen remembered what that was oh, and wow. what that was like. And now, when Stephen travels, the very first thing into his suitcase is a kite. And so he now goes all over the world with his business, and he flies the kite everywhere he goes. Oh, my goodness. What a beautiful story. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. But th these are the kinds of things, everyone, that, that the Monroe Institute does because it is so comfortable because of this brilliant um, uh, founder, um, Bob Monroe, and the things that he sort of started. What carries forward now is a place which is very comfortable with going into altered states of consciousness, which go with, with going out of the physical altogether into the astral, with doing things like sitting in a circle with yourself at different ages of your life and reconnecting with, with more completely with who you are. These are the kinds of things they do there. This is so cutting edge. It's, it hasn't even basically probably arrived yet. It's so cutting edge. This is, this is more and more how people are going to be growing and learning and becoming whole and becoming healthy in another 50, 100 years. It's amazing to me what you folks do. Well, thank you. And we um, we think we've developed quite a, a lovely system for introducing people to expanded states of awareness that are gentle and are immersive. Um, we also just, it's just a ton of fun to do. It's fun. Yes, that's right. It really is. And, and, and and if it's not fun, we shouldn't do it, is my attitude. I'm sorry, go ahead. And, and you know, most of our courses have about 20 people in them, plus or minus. And you get to spend the week with 20 people who are doing exactly the same thing you are doing. And you get to share your experiences, and you get to hang out with folks that are exactly in the space that you are. And it's, it's so nice to be able to just let your guard down and not have to worry about explaining why you want to explore this. Everybody gets it. And the energetic that's involved with 20 people doing exactly the same thing yes. at the same time really helps propel you into this space. So it has kind of a, a, a double lovely whammy as you are able to do the kind of work we do here and you get to have fun with another whole group of people while you're being guided by some 
some true professionals. Um, are, are, I have to do hats off to the trainers that we have here because they're remarkable to a person. They're really so, wonderful guides. So, so tell us now, what are some of these um, programs? So if someone's saying, gee, that sounds like something I'd like to try, where would they start? And what might be other programs they might progress to then from the beginning? Um, we have a couple of programs where people usually start. Um, number one is what we call Gateway. And this is a program that Bob developed. And it's um, been introduced 40 years ago. And we have uh, refined it along the way. And it is the the premier program for doing um, the exploration of uh, expanded states of awareness, exploration of consciousness. This is a great place to go because we give you four portals um, to explore and to start. And if anybody asks me, I say, Gateway, that's a great place. The The second course that people will often come to here because Bob Monroe is famous for out-of-body explorations and what is now known as the classic out-of-body. And it's only known that because he was like Raymond Moody that you mentioned in your intro. Uh, Bob Monroe coined the term out-of-body experience because he wrote about it first. Uh, He got to define what an out-of-body experience is and, and so people will come to the class that we have designed specifically to teach people about how to do the, the classic out-of-body experience. And what what would be the definition? You said he because he I, I just think of it as you, you leave your body and you start flying around with a silver cord attached, but I know that's a very sort of naive view. What, would, what was his definition of an out-of-body experience? No, that's not, actually, that's not a, a naive view. That's how he uh, traveled in the first uh, <laughs> 10 years. Well, you mentioned he wrote three books. Yes. And each one of them encompassed a decade's worth of exploration in the non-physical universe. And in that first book, that first decade, uh, that's how he traveled. It was an energetic duplicate of his physical body. It was attached with a silver cord. And he went around the non-physical universe with this, this energetic body that had arms and legs and limbs. Well, in the second 10 years, um, he said, you know what, it takes a lot of effort to drag this thing around all the time, this energetic body, so I'm not going to do that anymore. And he just traveled what he called like a teardrop of energy. And he didn't form it into anything, but he used this teardrop of energy as his vehicle for again, traveling around the non-physical universe. And then in the last 10 years of his um, life that he wrote about in Ultimate Journey, he said, you know what, I don't even have to do that. I I can just travel as a point of consciousness. And that's another way that he traveled around the universe. And so when we teach out-of-body experiences now, we talk about each one of these three and some are some people are really adept at the first where you have this duplicate of your energetic body and some are up to the second um we have a whole lot of people me included that 
um, just travel as a point of consciousness. You project your consciousness outside of your physical body and off you go. And, amazing. And frankly, amazing. It's, a whole lot, it's a whole lot easier than the classic. Yes. And yeah. so that's the, and, and then there's steps in between those. Um, so we call it phasing now. Instead of out-of-body experience, we talk about phasing into consciousness. And it's, uh, it's learnable, and it's, in some cases, it's really easy to learn. Um, we have an exercise where we teach people how to bilocate. So you have two separate consciousnesses. You know, so one, one is in your physical body, and the other is out tooling around in the non-physical universe. Um, that's actually quite easy to learn. It, it feels a lot like when you're daydreaming, you know, where you're yes. sitting in your chair somewhere and you know you're sitting in that chair, but your consciousness is off there with your spouse at the football game. You're right. It is easy. This, 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 uh, when, when Bruce taught this workshop about rescue, doing rescue work, uh, I told him it in the beginning. I have never done anything. I've never been out of body. I'm just I'm like a luddite. I know nothing about anything, and <laughs> that's just that's who I am. I mean, I'm just a scholar. I'm not an actual doer. He said, "Oh, I, I'm sure you'll be able to do it." Uh, uh-uh, uh, no way. Well, he he sort of put us into I don't even know quite how, but he put us into this state where we were. You know, he said, "If you open your inner eye or something like that, you'll be able to see that you're traveling." Well, I was. I was like on a on a dirt road, and there's somebody with you. You know what? There was somebody with me. I was boggled by that. And he had me decide what the person should look like, and I was feeling a little freaked out. So I decided to make him look like a, a turn of the 20th century kid in uh, in knickers, and you know, like about 10. And I, he, that's what he looked like. And and then, and he he took us to this little boy took me to this place where we went through a gate and there were all overgrown hedges and there we then we were in a, an old courtyard and there was a woman sitting at a sewing a, a, a spinning wheel and she she couldn't see him but she could see me it all happened for real but it happened in my mind and and I I just couldn't get over it I actually rescued this woman and. Basically, as soon as I got her to see him, I was told us, you know, he had told us in advance how to handle this. As soon as you you get the person being rescued to see the person with you, that's the real guy doing the work. So just step back. So I pointed out the kid in knickers and he saw she saw rather the kid in knickers then. And he took her hand and he led her to this uh, um, looked like early 1800s village. And there were all these actually nicely dressed young people standing around, and um, I and the, they all loved her and welcomed her. And I said to the little boy who was standing next to me, I said, "Who are all those people? Those are her children. They've been waiting for her for a long time." He said, "Oh my goodness, I had chills from that." And he, by the way, didn't talk like a little boy. He talked like a what he was, which was a very advanced being. I don't. I hope he didn't think I was awful to make him look like a ten-year-old. But I, but the, I the point is, anybody, can, if I could do it, anybody listening can do it. That's what I want to stress. This is amazingly easy. It's just that we don't think we can. I think that's the whole problem, don't you? I mean, why do most people not do this normally? I think you're right. It's it, a that that you don't realize that. This is a possibility, 
And then somebody has told you, oh, this is hard. It's special. <laughs> Only certain people can do it. You know, you have to sit and meditate against a wall for 20 years. No, you don't. That's one of the beautiful things that Bob Monroe taught us was that this is part of our birthright. And what we need to do is just learn the skill of focusing our attention. Um, here at the Monroe Institute, these various states of expanded awareness are called focus levels for exactly that reason, that what we're learning to do is to just focus our level our awareness on that space where people are lost and confused like you did with the, the woman who was at the spinning wheel or maybe you want to talk to the dead relatives or maybe you want to um, uh, travel over into the next town to see what's going on these are like different states of uh, awareness and they're all available all the time he used to tell me that um, that at the beginning he got scared and he didn't know where he was, which is which makes total sense because yes. here he is a Methodist from Virginia, who's been, which has been thrust into this world of the non-physical, and you know there's no real context, so he's feeling his way around and he doesn't know what to expect. But after you've done it a little bit, like he did. This is okay. It's safe. I can come back. And then he had some reinforcement from other people who do the same thing. And then I loved what he told me, which was, and then something even more devastating happened to me, and that was curiosity. <laughs> right. And it was it was that curiosity. Once he realized that he was uh, powerful in this space, and that he was protected in that space, and he was guided in that space, then. Let's see what's here. And yes. you're right. It's courage, but it was driven by this intense curiosity. And that is what we hope to ignite in everyone that comes here. It's a, let's, let's, let's have fun and explore and play at the same time. Yeah, he was quite playful. Um, I, and it, it, in the books, as you read the books, it comes out in odd ways. But you realize... Whatever he's doing, he's having a really good time doing it. And and it, but it's still, think about being the first one in modern times who's really intensively doing this stuff, or you don't you don't know anybody else who's really doing it. I mean, what a pioneer he was! Um, quite a remarkable man. Was he that enjoyable in person as he seems to be in his books? He was indeed a, a playful man, and. Um, a man, it, it, it's one of those, one of those people that you meet and you go, wow, what an interesting guy. And at the same time, you have this sense of a deep wisdom yes. that, that comes from experience and it comes from, um, being really comfortable in his own skin. And there are remarkably few people who are like that. And it's a privilege when you run into one. Yes, yes. So if someone has done um, the, the, the gateway program or, or some preliminary program, where would they go beyond that? What are some of the possibilities of exploration that you offer at, at sort of higher levels of advancement? Um, so we offer 36 classes right now, and I'm not going to run Wow. <laughs> wow. Where I often tell people, 
It's like, well, what are you interested in? And for me, I wanted to touch that space again and, and to see Nolan and and his mother and my dead relatives. That was really important to me. And so there's a course here called Guidelines where you can connect with your guidance and connect with those people who are on the other side. Um, we've mentioned uh, Lifeline, which is the program that's all about uh, soul retrieval and finding those parts of ourselves. There's a really interesting, a couple interesting programs. One's called Timeline, where you get to explore who you have been in all of your lives that you are living and how they interflute, I'm sorry, how they influence each other and how you um, send, send information back and forth to yourself from various lifetimes. So that's a fascinating program. Another one that I really like is called Heartline. And it's, it's about um, discovering who you are as a, um, a, a loving, playful human being. As you say, it's playful science. I mean, what could be more fun than experimenting with what your own mind is able to do that you never knew it could do? I mean, that's that's thrilling fun. My goodness. And one of the things that you may not know is that we have a wonderful academic collaboration with the University of Virginia. We have two of the members of the Department of Perceptual Studies that are here on staff. So they're you know, physically here on campus. Uh, some of the time and some of the time at uh, at UVA. And we are studying all kinds of really interesting things. And, and right now we're, uh, we're working on subtle energy and how to measure that using the, the uh, equipment that is now available, some of which is really sophisticated. Uh, that's great fun. We're doing some really cool reverse engineering things. So we hook people up to EEGs and say, okay, um, and we watch them to see what happens with their brain and their brain waves as they do remote viewing, for instance, or have a unity experience and go, oh, look, look what happened. Can we take these binaural beats and customize them so we can get people into a portal that's close to um, say, remote viewing. And that's really interesting work that is ongoing. So this this work is um, experiential, like with the Gateway Program, you go out there and explore. And at the same time, we're doing some really hardcore science that people can point to in journals and go, there it is. This is, this yeah, is that's very exciting. I had forgotten about you would be able to work very well with the UVA, which, where even Ian Stevenson's pioneer program in um, reincarnation, uh, a specific kind of it, um, was 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 done, and they still do work with. So how, how what an exciting time this must be for you that you're doing all of this really on the frontier work, which is going to be mainstream so soon. And I'm jealous. I'm, really, I'm not jealous usually of guests, but I'm jealous of you. You're in a wonderful position. That's I great. am in a wonderful position. And I would like to just put out there that it's becoming more mainstream than we think. I'm, I'm back on near-death experiences now. So in the very last uh, Harry Potter movie, 
Um, Harry Potter has a near-death experience where he goes up to the train station and, and he talks with the deceased Dumbledore about how the world works and what he's going to do when he gets back into the, into the physical. So it's a, it's a beautiful characterization of what a near-death experience is like. And I have another one for you. I don't know, Roberta, but say 10 years ago, uh, do you remember what the image was, the icon for death, say like at New Year's? Do you remember what it was? Well, at the Grim Reaper, maybe. Something the Grim like Reaper, exactly. It was yeah. this hooded cloak figure yes. with a sky, and it was very ominous. Well, now, that Grim Reaper is totally gone from our collective conscious. It is. It has disappeared from our culture, and it's been replaced by the light at the end of the tunnel. That's true when you think about it, isn't it? <laughs> so, oh. This kind of work has really um, been, is now part of our society at large, and people are not as afraid or wary or even skeptical yes. of it. It's, it's now accepted, and it's up to us to convince people to give it a try. And yes. But uh, everyone, MonroeInstitute.org, and we will invite Scott back. You and I have so much more to talk about, and I'd like to go more deeply into some of your programs and and so on. I want I want people to experience this because once you have had these experiences, you don't have to wait to have your own near-death or transformative experience. This will change your life a lot. Getting into what your mind is really is and what it can do changes your life. So MonroeInstitute.org, everybody, just just go and explore what they can help you do. And thank you so much, Scott Taylor, who is the president of the Monroe Institute. And as I say, we're going to have you back, dear. Won't be long. Thank you, Roberta. So, everyone, this has been Secret Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you could be with us. Isn't this been fun? Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really get what that means, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest here for the second time will be the extraordinary young Dutch consciousness researcher, Dr. Bernardo Kastrup. I love this beautiful young man. He had a Ph.D. in computer engineering with specialization in artificial intelligence, reconfigurable computing, and so on. He was working at CERN. He was really having a wonderful career, but then... He came to understand more and more that consciousness really is the source of reality, as, of course, um, Max Planck told us it is. So he said about getting another Ph.D. from a leading Dutch university, and this one is in ontology, the study of existence and the philosophy of mind. If you haven't seen Bernardo's defense of his second Ph.D. thesis, you've, you've got a treat in store. Just Google Bernardo Kastrup, K-A-S-T-R-U-P, second Ph.D. defense, and it should just come right up. Eventually, if there is any justice in the world, our dear, beautiful young friend, he's just in his early 40s now, so there's time, he's going to win the Nobel Prize in Physics for his consciousness theory of everything. He will solve it all. Dr. Bernardo Castro is a genuine star. He's a brilliant man, and he's just a beautiful human being. And he's going to be with us again next week, all the way from Holland. This week, we've been speaking with Dr. Scott Taylor. He's the president and executive director of the Monroe Institute. And these are some of my favorite 
favorite people. The Monroe Institute is the legacy of the great 20th century astral voyager, the, 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 the wonderful Robert Monroe. You're going to hear his name more in the future because he really his time has really not even yet begun. And he's been dead, I guess, for 20 years, 30 years. But if you haven't read his books put them first on your list these are these books are fun it's you get to do this voyaging with him and figure it out with him it's so exciting journeys out of the body far journeys ultimate journey those are his three books i read all three in the 90s and they transformed my work and my life they were groundbreaking for me and they will be i think for you the monroe institute continues his work and in expanding human consciousness, it builds on what his basis was. And this week, we've, of course, been visiting with its president, Scott Taylor. They're actually, Scott, doing more than I ever dreamed that they were, and even working with UVA. What a great place to be. As I say, I kind of envy you that you get to be there. Dr. Taylor has been a trainer for TMI for more than 30 years. And the, the Monroe Institute is actually one of the most important organizations that's now working in this whole broad field of better understanding what's truly going on um, and better using the powers of our own minds. As you know, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and soon The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. We have a children's book, too. I just heard from another woman whose children love my, my book called The Fun of Meeting Jesus, and one of them identifies as one of the characters. All of these books are available through bookstores or on Amazon, and the adult books are available as audiobooks. And if you want to talk to me, if you want to talk about any of my books or ask questions or anything at all, you can always contact me through the contact block on robertagrimes.com. I do answer every email, so please be sure to give me your correct email address. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, realrevolutionradio.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and a number of other stations, including the wonderful Dream Vision 7 radio family. And more and more people are telling me now that they just They've got the app for free from the iTunes App Store, and Seek Reality just comes to them every week, which I think is really nice and easy. If you have, if there's anything you ever want to talk to me about at all, don't hesitate to reach out. I want to emphasize that because I hear from people every day, and you, it enriches my life when I hear from you. So don't hesitate to do that. Meanwhile... This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you in particular, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.